CPHI Festival of Pharma, the world's largest virtual gathering for the pharmaceutical industry. On each day of the event, we'll bring you a fresh podcast tackling the industry topics from drug development to 3D printing, alongside lessons for today's pharma leaders. Hello and welcome to today's CPHI podcast and to day two of our Festival of Pharma virtual event where we bring into focus the current issues affecting global pharma supply chains. I'm Gareth Carpenter, Pharma Editor at Informa Markets and in today's interview we're going to discuss the evolving role of contract development and manufacturing organisations in the drug development process and their need for increasing agility, flexibility and innovation to carve out efficiencies for their sponsors. The increasing demand for the manufacturing of highly complex biologics has driven many biotech and pharma companies to work with contract development and manufacturing organisations. A qualified CDMO can help to understand business priorities, develop strategies to save time and costs and guide through the regulatory maze. This in turn means that CDMOs must have the right approach in place to fulfil high quality requirements, make the right manufacturing technology available and achieve regulatory compliance. So fundamentally the relationship between sponsors and their CDMO partners will further intensify in the future. The complexity of CDMO's work is continuing to increase as new markets emerge and demographics change, creating new demand for the clinical production of pharmaceuticals. The CPHI Festival of Pharma, the world's largest virtual gathering for the pharmaceutical industry. So I have with me here Troy Carpenter, no relation, who's president of Veta Pharma International USA. Troy, a big welcome to you. Thank you, Gareth. Great to have you on the podcast. So, Troy... As we well know, it's an extremely crowded marketplace out there when it comes to pharmaceutical outsourcing. In this day and age, what qualities do you think CDMOs need to display to stand out as the right manufacturing and development partner in both the small and large molecule space? Great question. So we really believe, first of all, that the CDMO business is grounded in an unwavering focus on quality. So our industry is highly regulated, as we know. It's very risk averse. And without thinking about quality in everything we do, we believe a, you know, a CDMO wouldn't be serving our customers probably in the best way. So we try to do the very best job we can to focus on quality, not only in the final product, but in our training, our business processes, and a lot of our business systems. A hand in hand with quality is a strong understanding of the regulatory context. So the ability to stay ahead of the regulatory curve, I think, is paramount in getting a customer's product approved and keeping it, of course, on the market. So quality and a regulatory focus are incredibly important for CDMOs. I think the other thing that's become, I would say, secondly, hugely important in our industry for CDMOs is to focus on supply chain robustness. So our customers as CDMOs are relying on us not only to launch their product initially, but then consistently supply the market for many years. So there's a lot riding on the CDMO performance, not only for the patient, but again, for our customers and their business. At Vetter, we have something we call our customer service level, our CSL. It's basically our on-time in full metric. And we've sort of gone all in on this metric. It really guides 
our entire business with only, you know, a quality type topic taking precedent above that. So again, supply chain robustness, really important for CDMOs to focus on. Just a couple more quick ones here to round out this question. What we've seen is focusing on more of a consultative role is really important to be a good CDMO. We've seen a growing need to serve as consultants to our customer base on technical issues, quality issues, or even regulatory issues. We think this is mainly due to the large increase in small and medium-sized companies that we're working with as a CDMO uh, industry. And these folks may not have the same resources as traditional large pharma or large biotech. So again, this consultative role has become important, building out your team with subject matter experts that can serve as those consultants, also very important. A last topic, which I think is kind of an interesting one, would be corporate stability. And Vetter has had really the sole intent of becoming a better and better CDMO, really committing to the business model of CDMO 100%. And we've dedicated really all of our resources and energy to this end. And I think what other CDMOs are seeing is that this really is a viable business model. In the past, there's maybe been a mindset of, of being a CDMO and then maybe having another business on the side. And again, we think this idea of wholeheartedly or 100% committing to the CDMO business is a good one. And that as we mature as an industry, we'll be able to better and better serve our customer base. Thanks. And Troy, drug development is an extremely complex area and no two product life cycles are the same. So in your view, what are the key challenges for a modern CDMO to excel in providing that right bespoke service for its clients? I think three areas, flexibility, being state-of-the-art, and being innovative. And I'll, I'll take a shot at all three of these. I think a flexible portfolio, really important to be able to provide to the customer base. In our world, in our drug product world at Vetter, we see significant changes in the industry with respect to the size of the market that many of the drug products are experiencing. In other words, getting smaller and smaller. So you have even more targeted medicines being developed for smaller and smaller patient groups. So, you know, an example at Vetter is that we have prepared ourselves to be able to serve our customers in the tens of millions of doses a year, but also maybe only in the five or 10,000 doses per year type volume. So a huge difference in the customer base or the type of product that we may be addressing. This mandates, of course, specialized technology, equipment, but also business processes shouldn't be forgotten to handle this sort of volume gap. So again, all CDMOs have different services they're providing, but that flexibility is key. I think being state-of-the-art is key. And what I mean by that is in our really capital-intensive business, CDMOs need to show a commitment to constantly upgrading their technology to align with market needs, I think, if they're going to be successful. So this might be, for instance, the newest analytical capability or maybe in our drug product world, the newest non-destructive fill weight technology, some other relevant technologies. But customers really expect a top-tier CDMO to be state-of-the-art, and I think shouldn't be underestimated, the financial resolve, the energy it takes to maintaining that status. 
I think lastly, like I said, being innovative, meeting changing industry demands, uh, really important technologies changing. How do we integrate our innovation into that technology? In other words, how can I go beyond being state-of-the-art and actually be innovative and bring that value. An example at Vetter, just a quick example, a few years ago, we created what we called our Vetter Water for Injection Diluent Program. And basically what that is, is that we created a portfolio of ready-to-file water for injection diluents so that if a customer came to Vetter and was going to produce a lyophilized product, they would have an off-the-shelf option if it worked for them to use this Vetter uh, water for injection. So a small example, but items like that, I think are really important to help our customers just be more effective, more efficient. I see, and that's a very long list of demands. So as pharma and biotech companies place this greater reliance on the outsourcing partners that they choose, I imagine that this has amplified the need for finding experts every stage of drug development. So. If that is the case, how do CDMOs ensure they are locating the right expertise? I think that in the past, we may have had a little more of a a difficult time. And of course, it's a mixture of approaches to build a great team. But I think that not only the CDMO industry, but other similar or ancillary industries, some of our equipment suppliers, material suppliers, lab service providers, Companies like that that are very ancillary to CDMOs and CDMOs themselves, our industry has grown significantly over the last 10 years. So this luckily has led to sort of more and more talent in the CDMO pool or in some of these parallel industries. So I think, first of all, we just find it a little easier than we did a few years ago to find that talent. I think secondly, hopefully it's becoming clearer to everyone that the CDMO industry is playing a really key role in the global pharma biotech supply chain. And this means that if you're working for a CDMO, you're exposed to some of the most important companies in the world, some of the most important products in the world, and are also can take a lot of pride in helping uh, play a crucial role for the patient themselves. So we think this is also making it more and more attractive to work in the CDMO industry, and it's helping to attract talent. I think last couple of items here, we know the growth in our healthcare sector may not be quite as exciting as some industries, but on the other hand, we have a lot of steady growth. We're very consistent in the past. It's forecast to be the same in the future. And I think especially in these times, Having that consistency is very comforting, so we think that also helps us. And at the end of the day, though, I think that not only Vetter, but certainly our peers, we have to have attractive companies that people want to come and work at. So that's certainly something I think Vetter and many of our peers work at to build great companies. For more than 40 years, the family-owned and independent business VETA has been providing global contract development and manufacturing. VETA has its headquarter and various manufacturing plants in Germany, plus an additional manufacturing space within the United States. VETA is here to support services from the very early development phase, including process design, clinical manufacturing and regulatory approval, right through to commercial supply and numerous packaging solutions for vials, syringes, cartridges and dual chamber systems. 
At VETA, we pride ourselves on the responsibility to support our customers' needs by developing devices that contribute to increased patient safety, convenience and compliance, whilst also keeping an open mind to social responsibility, environmental protection and sustainability. To discover more about VETA, visit us at www.veta-pharma.com. Okay, Troy, I'm going to play devil's advocate here because I like to do that sometimes. Are there any pitfalls to avoid? And just as an example, as CDMOs branch out into delivering this very wide range of development services, is there any danger that they may find themselves labelled, well, a jack of all trades, but a master of none? Yep, that's something that we're constantly debating at Vetter for sure. You know, how do we approach this? How much risk do we want to take? And I have to say that different companies have taken different approaches for sure. So some companies have decided to expand the type of services they offer quite widely. At Vetter, we feel like the drug product side of the business is sort of technically complex enough and deep enough from a business perspective to stay very, very focused on our drug product market. So if you look at the type of molecules coming into our facilities, how they're formulated, how they need to be handled, even storage needs, it's really complex. So our strategy to stay focused on the drug product portion of the business has also gone hand in hand with fostering mostly organic growth. And I think that's another thing that companies have to consider. Do they mostly want to grow organically or do they want to grow through acquisition or other type channels? So it doesn't mean that we don't at Vetter, for instance, consider non-organic types of growth, but this has allowed us to keep a strong and consistent focus on our fill finish technology. So this is just a question I think we have to ask ourselves. I think it also speaks to staying committed to a long-term strategy as a CDMO. I think that's one way to avoid some of the pitfalls that you mentioned as we continue to develop out our services, building that strategy, having that 10-year outlook. At Vetter, we're always trying to work on about a 10-year outlook. Where are we going? And so we've been very deliberate about doing that, and therefore we've kind of been able to predict exactly how we want to grow our business. But I would say that's a really important one is to stick close to your strategy. And that might be a little more aggressive or a little less aggressive in terms of how many services you want to offer, how quickly you want to do that. But that's important at the end of the day. I see. Projects in this sector often quickly evolve and expand beyond their original stated ambitions. And you've rightly mentioned that the need for flexibility from CDMOs, but what should they have in place in a bit more detail, if you like, to make sure they're ready to adapt and respond to sudden changes in the development requirements? Yeah, this is one we live. It's close to my heart here as being responsible for, for our customers and, and certainly their projects and getting them to the market. So clear oversight is, I think, probably the number one target, if you will. So clear oversight of all the projects, therefore being able to make quick and transparent decisions have communication. It's absolutely critical if you're trying to manage a large portfolio of projects. At Vetter, we have something called an Operational Steering Committee, an OSC. I'm sure our CDMO peers have 
something similar. It's comprised of key management from all around our company. We review the project portfolio twice a month. We address problems or issues with what we call issue reports. And so if you can approach it like this, very organized, very structured, again, you can make quick, accurate, and aligned decisions, even with a really dynamic project portfolio that, that seems to change on a, on a daily basis. So, and also integrating, of course, into that structure, you know, a broad team member base. So development, quality assurance, quality control, engineering, really everyone should have a seat at the table as you go through this process and bring their experience and just be able to be in the know, if you will. It's really important as things change to be aligned there. I think the last thing I would say that we're really lucky at Vetter to have this is experienced people. And of course, this takes time to build. It may seem kind of simple, but just kind of like any discipline in life, the more experience a team has or an individual has, I think the more likely they are to be able to solve problems quickly. They've seen it before. So we really feel like this is a key area of our success. We have a lot of folks that are 10, 20 years at better, and they've sort of been there and done that, right, when problems arise, and, and that is really helpful. So experienced people is also, you know, a really nice luxury if you have it on your project teams. It's not just clients' requirements that may change. Um, that dreaded word, technology, it's an area where advancements can be made often at a frightening pace. What are the successful CDMOs doing, Troy, to keep abreast of and invest in the technological innovation and automation in drug development? I think most CDMOs have good attentive, you know, engineering and development department that are looking to see, you know, what the next technology may be. I also think the CDMO industry works well with, again, our partners, ancillary industries, equipment manufacturers, suppliers. How do we build newer, faster, safer equipment, better materials? I think over the years, good partnerships and collaborations in areas like single-use technology, or, or process equipment innovations where CDMOs have played an important role. And I actually think CDMOs, you know, kind of have a shot maybe of even being better at this, monitoring this than maybe sometimes big pharma or big biotech, just because it's so close to our lifeblood, the technology, what we're doing, you know, how it integrates into our service portfolio is, of course, our business model. So I think CDMOs, we can do a pretty good job in this area. Monitoring, you know, the advances in big data, artificial intelligence, all of these sort of digitalization topics, new trends, obviously extremely important. And then I also think that, you know, a good example of not only keeping up with the technology, but uh, but also using our own expertise to improve technology uh, is, a, is an important topic. I think CDMOs, uh, you know, not only sometimes are just monitoring, but they're setting the, setting the pace, setting the trend. So a good example for us at Vetter is that we've created a new sterilization technology in response to increasing sterility assurance requirements in Annex 1. Annex 1. So we created a whole system of applying and monitoring hydrogen peroxide in our clean rooms to better improve sterilization and cleaning processes. And I think many CDMOs could also 
you know, be proud of a, you know, of a, of a technology that they improved or even created and, and list some topics like that. Lastly, I'll say that um, I find it interesting sometimes the drivers of innovation and one that's got my attention recently are, is, um, is environmental goals that our customers have, potentially even the regions that we're, we're working and living in, or maybe that we have ourselves. So environmental goals, I think, are really driving the CDMO industry to innovate to keep up with the latest uh, technology as to how we can do a great job with our carbon footprint. Uh, at Vetter, we're, we're CO2 neutral at our sites in Ravensburg. We're really proud of that. We utilize almost all green energy sources. So it's interesting where this is leading us. I heard the other day that uh, a couple of companies we're working with are um, asking us to eliminate plastics from uh, materials in the future, going to more of a paper-based solution, something a little friendlier, maybe a little more recyclable, and uh, a little more uh, carbon footprint um, responsible. So anyway, some really interesting drivers as well, creating innovation. Okay. I've got one final question for you, Troy, before I let you go. Um, I'm going to ask you to get your crystal ball out. Looking out into the long term, what do you think the successful CDMO of the future is going to look like? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I want to say is is um, is that I think it's going to be more of the same. So, so I'll, I'll get to maybe a couple other things here in a second. But, you know, in our complex, highly regulated industry, some of those things I talked about at the beginning of our conversation, focusing on quality, focusing on regulatory expertise, supply chain robustness, you know, customer service, a lot of these things aren't going to go away. So really important to be grounded in what makes us successful today uh, for the future. But obviously, things like digital innovations. I mean, this is driving much of our what we see around us on a daily basis, and certainly it will drive the pharma biotech industry. Uh, so things like we see already electronic batch records, or you know, new and improved digital interfaces between a CDMO and their customer, uh, digital innovations and processes themselves machines becoming smarter and smarter, being able to talk to each other, uh, being able to talk to uh, supply chain type processes, or maybe even something like uh, if you're a vetter, maybe you create a vetter application that you could even download to your phone uh, where a customer might be able to access you know, real-time information or, or track various items. So things like that, I think digital, really important. And then I would say, as I mentioned earlier, um, again, we see the need not only now, but in the future to continue to really offer this deep expertise and deep um, ability in your area for services. So at Vetter, for instance, we see the need for standard vials and syringes, but also we need to help our customers with new innovative systems like patch pumps or smart devices. Uh, we see, as I mentioned earlier, precision medicine, orphan drugs, driving down 
the batch sizes. So we all know that uh, personalized medicine is becoming more and more personalized. So what will the batch sizes look like someday, maybe down to just five and 10 or maybe 100 units. So being able to to offer that and uh, in parallel, acting as experts, acting as consultants, as I mentioned earlier, not only a manufacturing partner, but again, a uh, someone who can help consult through the product lifecycle, I think will become more and more important. Troy, thank you very much for sharing your insights with us today. Really appreciate it. You bet. Thanks, Gareth, for having me. That's it for today's CPHI podcast, part of our Festival of Pharma, bringing the global pharma industry to you. Please do tune into our next podcast. Until then, thanks very much for listening and we wish you a pleasant day ahead. The CPHI Festival of Pharma, the world's largest virtual gathering for the pharmaceutical industry.